0: Welcome to the Razan Worship Songwriting Podcast, episode 14. This is an interview special with Greg DeBleek from New Scottish Hymns. Uh, you'll probably notice with about 10 minutes left that my voice changes somewhat. That's because my computer stopped recording. But fortunately, Greg emailed me the last few minutes from his Skype recording. So we should have no problems. Uh, Greg DeBleek, it's great to welcome you to the Rosan Worship Songwriting Podcast. Thanks very much. It's nice to be here. This has been a kind of busy time for you, hasn't it? I think doing lots of interviews and and so on over the past few
1: days. Well, absolutely. Yes, we're we're the the girl at the party that everyone wants to dance with. Is that? <laughs>
0: I, was a, I was going to use very similar words, of course. <laughs> now you're from, you are, or you're from New Scottish Hymns. Um, so obviously with such an oblique title where we obviously can't work out what you do is that sorry is
1: that is that a pun on my name an oblique title you just had to get that in right there or is that just um, let's say yes I'm always writing I'm always being poetic and playing with words and yeah
0: new Scottish hymns so just tell us a bit about uh, we'll delve more into detail but tell us a bit about that and maybe new Scottish arts, how it connects with that and and that kind of thing
1: yep um well new Scottish hymns it's It started off as a worship album project um, which came from a Christian arts charity called New Scottish Arts and uh, that was back in 2012 we recorded an album and it was a collection of um, hymns written by myself or co-written with other uh, songwriters here in Scotland or they were retuned. Uh, traditional hymns by Scottish hymn writers like Horatius Bonner mm. or uh, James Montgomery, and um, yeah, so we we recorded that in 2012, and it featured um, performances from uh, singer-songwriters like Steph McLeod and Emily Smith, who's quite big in the folk scene. Mm. Um, you know, she's got a big kind of trad following in you know Europe and. Um, uh, Yvonne Lyon is another singer-songwriter who who um, does a lot of gigs around Scotland and um, I wasn't actually singing in the first album myself but Ellen who is uh, singing in this album as well with me uh, was also one of, the voice, one of the voices in the first album. So we recorded that and the aim of it was to um, kind of do, sorry I'll switch my phone off as well, that's totally till- <laughs> till- <laughs> right. Um, might be uh, someone wanting a very important interview that you just have to. No, it's it's just Ellen uh, texting. <laughs> have you
0: remembered to mention me? <laughs> well, yes.
1: Here's Ellen. Uh, she's texting me a picture saying, "Faith is a refusal to panic." <laughs> <laughs> so we like to encourage one another with, nice. with these kind of things. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah, this this was an album. It was it's about um, uh, writing. In a style which is which plugs into both our kind of musical heritage, Scottish musical heritage, with the the strong kind of folk music um, background that we have, and also um, to explore the idea of writing hymns mm. and writing new hymns rather than just um, you know following the the vein of contemporary worship music and writing kind of uh, pop songs which yeah. don't necessarily reflect. Where we are coming from culturally or musically, so that that was that was the the first one, and the the new album is very much a continuation of that. Um, it's it's more uh, hymns that I have written myself. There's two covers in this new album, and the rest are are hymns that I've written or co-written, and uh, the new Scottish Hymns band um, is now just. A five slash six piece band. Um, when we've got the full complement, we've got drums and percussion together. But our drummer is out because he had a back operation. So oh no, yeah, uh, we're 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 down to one drummer. Yeah. Um, but uh, I don't know. Some people will probably see that as a blessing. Who knows? <laughs>
0: <laughs> and in terms of your your kind of your day job, I know you're sort of involved in in music more broadly, Scottish music.
1: Yeah. Well, I, p- I play in a Keely band. Um. So. Uh, when i left school or my final year at school um i started a band called the jiggers and uh, we have we've been gigging for the last 18 years wow uh, and yeah i mean it's it's a kind of we've we've you know it just kind of as you're as you're going along you just get more and more popular and, yeah. and we've got a lot of we take a lot of bookings during the year, and it's set up as a, a business now. So I've got this kind of wedding music yeah. um, thing <laughs> ticking over, and I just I've I'm kind of stepping back a little bit from that side of things myself because uh, I to play it's it's fun to play that kind of music, and yeah. it's a fun job to do, and it's, it's something that I really appreciate. But it takes its toll when you're gigging on a Friday and a Saturday night, and you're gigging till midnight uh, or one o'clock in the morning. And then you have to pack up all this whole PA yeah, yeah. system and stick it in your car and drive however many miles back to your house and stuff. So um, I think I'm just starting to, that's starting to take its toll. So, and I, I, while I like playing for weddings and things like that, you're there as kind of window dressing a little bit. And uh, I feel that um, being able to sing songs about Jesus for people who, Either don't know Jesus or people who do know Jesus and want to kind of celebrate Him with you. It's just so much more uh, exciting. I love. I just love to articulate uh, gospel truths and find an audience for that. So yeah. that's that's kind of my passion. But the 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 folk um, music that I've I've been playing in the Keely band, um, I think, is kind of it must have inspired um, and influenced yeah. your writing. Well, I think so, and I, 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 don't, I don't really. It's not a conscious thing that, but I think uh, I have an awareness of how a melody should go, yeah. and uh, folk, folk music. Um, it just has a kind of. It just gets into your blood a wee bit and um you're actually very well placed to be writing stuff that's using a kind of folk
0: vernacular aren't you if you are quite immersed or you have been immersed in that yeah. for, for years i think i we, we had a conversation before we um did this interview where i told you that i'd been i used to be in a kaylee band myself mm, i yep. mean i've obviously i've lost the accent over the years <laughs> but <laughs> i used what, to play what, what, remind me what they were called <laughs> we were called tartan around Tartan around, Tartan okay. around excellent. Yeah. Yes, and I I completely understand the um the thing of the late nights and, um, essentially we just we got, re- well, relatively popular and then decided to try and price ourselves out of the market. So we yep. just kept raising the cost every time. And <laughs> people would still book us and then eventually we, we hit the sweet spot somewhere. For us, yep. the sweet spot was the no-booking spot. Yeah. So we, <laughs> right. and okay. we, we may have reformed once and done a gig, but that was yeah, yeah back in my uh, murky past.
1: It, it would be great to be one of those um, big rock bands that only reforms for a corporate gig where they get paid 500 grand for it one would. night's gig. <laughs> 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 that's, that's really what we're aiming. I mean, that, that's Maybe our 10-year long-term somewhere. plan. <laughs> yeah, that's it. But that only
0: really happens when you're 65. So you've got to... Yep, well, that's, that's to your it. pension, isn't it? Yep. So let's talk just a little bit about hymns. Um, obviously, you're writing hymns, and you've kind of... You, you said a little bit about why you think they're important. Um, mm-hmm. I I, su- I suppose I wonder... Is there something in Scottish culture, Scottish folk culture, which actually makes a hymn quite a relevant form that might not necessarily be the case in, in another culture? Or is it just something that really inspires you as a writer? Um,
1: that's a good question. Um, I think I'm reticent to kind of see to make any generalisations about um, Scottish culture. Yeah. Because there's, there's such... You know, culture is such a variety of influences, and uh, you know, I'm a middle class guy, um, and and I I don't necessarily understand a kind of working class culture mentality, that kind of thing. But from my own narrow perspective, I think if we're if we're going to paint with broad brushstrokes, mm. I would say that there's a Scot, there's a mentality in Scotland in the West of Scotland particularly, um, that doesn't he want any of your nonsense. Yeah. you know, it's like, and I think when you have the the new worship music style, the contemporary worship music style, which is, um, you know, maybe quite influenced by the uh, charismatic end of the spectrum, perhaps yeah. you know, long um, protracted um, periods of, uh, we we would call it self indulgent. I yeah. think you know, and. Um, you know, we'll, we'll have no truck with that kind of, you know, standing there for five minutes with your hands in the air while yeah. someone plays three chords over and over. Now, that's, that's if I was being cynical, would you know, that that would be, you know, one way of characterising it. And I, I think there's a, a real value in, in soaking worship and all yeah. that kind of thing. But uh, our culture is has a kind of um, pride in not having any nonsense and anything that seems silly or inappropriate, um, you know, we're we're less likely to get caught up in it, um, yeah. and more likely to kind of go, "What is this nonsense?" Do you know? So I I don't know what that can be a bad thing and it can be a good thing as well. Do you know? Because it it stops the extremes of um, silliness creeping in. But I think the way that hymns minister to that is uh, they are very much functional. Uh, we are using words and we are uh, using words to um, articulate very particular truths and do that in such a way as you will find it compelling and uh, feel the weight and the force of the meaning, but without um, feeling that you have to become some kind of namby-pamby, yeah. um, self-indulgent thing. So I don't know, That's that's maybe just a kind of particular a west of scotland male kind of um, view and maybe that's that's something that's experienced in you know in broader culture as well i think there's certainly a a vein of that but i think hymns maybe speak into that i don't know i mean is that do you agree with that well i I was thinking about uh, i went to a uh, seminar i was at
0: spring harvest recently i went to a seminar on introvert charismatics um basically, I'm, I'd like to be charismatic, but I'm an introvert, and you seem to have yep. to be an extrovert to be charismatic. Yep. Um, and the the guy talking said something which I find really helpful. It actually he said that a lot of the charismatic renewal in the UK church that came sort of through in the 60s and 70s and through in the 80s, actually came from America. So John Wimber, the vineyard churches and so on came over from America and they brought this thing and everyone said, Wow, this is amazing. Of course, we can experience God and the gifts of the Spirit and so on. But they also brought with them an American model. Mm-hmm. And American culture is different to British culture, mm-hmm. different to English, Scottish culture and so on. Mm-hmm. And yet we adopted a, a certain kind of model. And that's probably also reflected in our excuse me <clears throat> in our in our worship. So they also brought a kind of intimate, more emotive um, or emotional worship style, yep. yep, and that has brought a lot of goods to British worship. But where we've got to be careful is that we don't just simply absorb another culture into ours. Yes, or well, we're trying to find God in it, um, mm-hmm. but we don't necessarily need to to do everything in the same way. And maybe that's true. Maybe there's even that difference between England and Scotland, and certainly I'm sure between the West Coast of America and the West Coast of Scotland. Yep, in terms Absolutely. of the culture and the mentality, which means you. You're going to do things differently to sort of in mm-hmm. a sense to achieve the same
1: ends. Yep, that's 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 right. And I, I, there's a kind of feeling that the people who reject a lot of the that um, American uh, style of of worship, you know, very expressive, very open, and everything. There's there's a, a school of thought that says, well, uh, people who reject that are just repressed. And, Mm. um, you know, don't know how to express their emotions. But I think uh, underlying that, there's more a a desire for sincerity and earnestness, um, you know, authenticity, Mm. um, which doesn't settle for um, faking it in any way. Do you know, I, I do want to weep at, you know, some profound truth that I see, that I read uh, or that I sing, um, but I don't want to weep just because um, the guitarist's done this cool thing with yeah. his delay pedal. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And um, we're getting very good at being able to detect when actually this is this isn't the Holy Spirit. That's just um, reverb. Yeah. Do you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it just we just want, and it's got it's got to be truth. It's when truth impacts you. Like when I when I was writing some of these songs. Just sometimes, uh, I would start writing them, and I wouldn't be feeling much. And then something about it, when I was singing, when I was writing it for the first time, and I was singing it for the first time, it would just make me well up. Yeah. Because it's just such a profound t- truth, and it's nothing to do with oh, uh, wow, I can't believe I've written this amazing yeah, song yeah. or anything. Like that. It's just this. This is. Yeah. Uh, true, and I and I I love this truth, and I you know that's that's what you want to hit people with is just the the full um, feeling of the truth, you know, so that it's right on their hearts,
0: you know. Stuart Townend said a really similar thing actually when um, when I interviewed him about when he was writing in Christ Alone that just as as he wrote, I mean, he's annoyingly. Um, I discovered in the interview, he's annoyingly good at writing lyrics. So he wrote most of that in, you know, it's by the sounds of it, in one sitting. Yeah, um, I know. <laughs> we <We'll> hate him. <laughs> but he said that he, the same thing. It just started mm-hmm. to well up. He became so mm-hmm. inspired by what he was writing. And as you say, it's not because he's thinking, wow, I'm, I'm amazing. He's thinking, wow, God is amazing. Because the more I these truths pour out and, yep. and I see them laid out on the page in front of me, Yes, the more I become inspired and want to write more, and that's yes. that's exciting, isn't it because then you've got this great kind of intersection of truth and revelation and worshipful response, which is real and and, and not force it's,
1: well it's, that's that's it and know. I think I think we often don't um meditation is something that I don't think comes naturally to us when everything in our culture is so immediate, and you know it's a Facebook feed kind of. Um, we're programmed to just look for the next thing and get it snappy and I think songwriting is a kind of enforced meditation um on a passage of scripture you really want to kind of get to grips with it and understand the sense of it and all of a sudden when you do the the depths of it you know you start to witness the depths of it i you know i've I've got this um story that I I used to I used to tell at a gig and um I don't think it was clear enough when I was expressing it but it was it reflected how I felt about it when I was looking at scripture and looking at the truths that Jesus taught um and and trying to kind of uh, plumb those depths and I had a, this kind of picture of Moses leading uh, Israel in the wilderness and um, Israel are, you know, they're thirsty and they're dry and parched and it's sandy underfoot, and they say we want water, and and God says to Moses, you know, strike the rock and it'll it'll gush up. And I just I got this picture of well, what what is that water going to be like? You know, maybe it's a pool of water that forms and just keeps forming, and people queue up to it and they start drinking to it and, and drink, drinking at it, and it's only when they actually stoop down and uh, get their face up close to the water and they drink it that they get a glimpse through this pool that underneath their feet um are massive uh s- caverns filled with um water and supply that can supply their needs and this dry and dusty land that they've been walking along is just inches thick mm. Do you know and this getting this glimpse of the new reality which God is trying to um, uh, give us, you know, s- seen from such a, a narrow point, a narrow intersection uh, of, you know, our reality and and the rea- reality of who God is and his provision and his uh, eternal being. Um, yeah, I mean, it's I, I, I maybe need to write a song about that because, <laughs> but that, that's the kind of sense that I get, just that sudden glimpse of, yeah. Wonder and sudden realization that everything is different to what I had been thinking before. Do you know that's what you want to kind of communicate? I, I think, like that. I like that. It's like there's moments when
0: the water suddenly gushes from the rock, and it's yeah. like like you say, it's not just about that water, but it's about the whole pool, the whole yes. underground ocean it. that is behind it, the yep. force behind it, and and so yes. on that you just got a glimpse of there. But it's refreshing. Yes. It's refreshing for now, but it fills you with so much hope for the future as well. Yes. Yep yeah let's uh let's talk about the the new album so mm-hmm. we should all be changed which is out on the 19th of um may yep. um just give us a kind of a quick quick story of that and then we'll delve into the in into some details on it just kind of the you know who who's written it how you recorded it and and so on where did, where did it, where it all came from
1: this album um it's it's been written over the last two and a half years or so um, some of the songs have been ideas for longer than that but um, I think the unifying theme is they're very much gospel songs, a lot of them uh, they're about um, are trying to articulate who Christ is and his uh, impact in the world and his importance um, and uh, I think the the most important thing that i want to communicate through my music is um showing people uh how christ, how much well how jesus is who they need and it's it's jesus who will satisfy them so um yeah and it um so we've got songs like savior of sinners for example uh, which is a gospel song and a call to worship and it just kind of um summarizes who christ is and and what what the gospel is about and um yeah the um the other there's, there's a song called Through the Prophets which is uh, called has a refrain of Christ is here and it's about John the Baptist announcing uh, Jesus, Hey Ellen, how you doing? Ellen's here. She's, that, this is her turning up at 10 o'clock for work. <laughs> it's it's uh, 10.45 it, it, in England. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, you have to put the clocks differently because of the the daylight. Hi, Ellen. Yes, can't uh, I, Ellen can, can't hear, so you can <laughs> oh, say yeah. what you like about it. I've got my headphones on. <laughs> um, right. Uh, yes, yeah, so, like, Through the Prophets is another song on the album, which, uh, yeah, it's about John the Baptist announcing that Christ is uh, here. And how we have to respond to him you Mm -hmm. know turning from your sins and uh preparing your hearts for the kingdom of god and um so yeah i think it's it's very much a kind of gospel centered album but i think there are other themes that kind of creep in and obviously it starts off with psalm 103 and our our kind of paraphrase of that which is um just remembering who god is and uh, how how good he has been to us and um how he has been good to Moses and to Israel in the past and uh, how magnificent his love is and things. I think that's a um a really important um way to start uh, start off the album. And it's called Wake Up My Soul um because I wanted the first song in the album to kind of start gently because I like the idea of waking up mm. uh to the cd because i used to i used to really like um putting on an album and have that be the first thing that i heard when i woke up in the morning rather than um depressing news or, or some other interview with you know somebody in radio four or whatever my wife likes radio Four in the morning and <laughs> my, goes... my wife
0: is just beginning to get into radio four uh, so we, <laughs> we keep changing the radio back and forth on
1: the car depending on who's in it right. do you, do you remember that time um, when you suddenly realised that you're no longer the demographic for Radio 1. <laughs> yeah, I was about 11 when that happened. <laughs> right. I think. My goodness, yeah. <laughs> it was a sad day when you suddenly realised that... This isn't actually, aimed at me. Yeah, this this DJ is just annoying. And I that, don't understand. Th- that music's all just boom, boom, boom. Yeah, well, um, no, we 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 get that. Um, Sarah likes uh, Radio 4 in the morning, but, yeah, I, I find that uh, I'm so much... I start so much in a better mood if the first thing I think about is who God is, and yeah. you know, wake up and and say, "Good morning to God, whose mercies are new this morning as they yeah. are every morning," and uh, stuff. So that that was the kind of thinking behind that. Um, I don't know what were we talking about there. Well,
0: d- and and who's <laughs> written the songs on the album? Is it is it you? Is it is it others?
1: Yeah, I've I've written um, most of the songs on the album. So uh, I've uh, collaborated. Um, with a couple of people and a couple of uh, the songs, and the there are two songs in the album which are uh, covers. Are, is it covers when you do an old hymn? Is it still a cover?
0: Uh, yeah, or, or Daylight Robbery. I don't know. Day, yeah, well,
1: yeah. I, I don't know. Well,
0: you, <laughs> yeah, I you, think it's you, a cover. I suppose you don't always have their original version to compare no, it that's, to. Do you?
1: That's right. No, no. Well, um, we did uh, "Hail to the Lord's Anointed." Um, which is... Is that James Montgomery? It's James Montgomery, James isn't it? Montgomery. Yes. Um, uh, he wanted to say Horatius Bonner, but it's James Montgomery. Now, he's Scottish. Um. He's only Scottish, really, in a technicality. He was born in Irvine, uh, which is the same town I was born in, Um. and I'm sure he's really pleased to hear about that. Uh. But he did die a couple of hundred years ago, so maybe not. But yeah. James, James Montgomery uh, was... You know, born in Scotland, but I think he he, he was a minister in England and other yeah. places as well. But we're still claiming him; you he's having, still ours. That's yeah, fine. thanks, that's good. thanks very much.
0: Let's well, see. I I listened to the album. I've listened to the previous one, Um and I mean, if if you had to pick someone to compare you with, the mm-hmm. obvious comparison is going to be Townend Getty because there's that Celtic style, there's mm-hmm. the hymns, there's the quality of the words, and so. And I think you compare really favourably. I mean, I I think it's a really fair comparison.
1: Great.
0: But What's interesting is that Town and Getty is a really clear. Sorry, so I just watched you myself in, in my the face. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Town and Getty is a really. Uh, they have a really clear division of labour between the, the melody and the. or the music and the words. And mm-hmm. I think Stuart, particular, Well, both of them are quite keen that they don't really want to do one or the other. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but you're doing both. So you are kind of Town and Getty rolled into one. Um, so I suppose what. I'd love to know a bit yeah, about that. Yeah,
1: without without their hits, yeah. Without absolutely. <laughs> yeah,
0: but are you are you town end first? Are you Getty first? What's your kind mm. of process?
1: Right. Well, I I think um I th- this is a question actually get asked quite a lot, especially at concerts and stuff, you know, do you do you write the lyrics and then the music comes or do you write the music and then the lyrics come? And I think uh what, it's probably the same for a lot of songwriters is that you kind of get a hook first you get a um, an idea which um, is a profound idea and there's uh, there's a melody like it's just a phrase mm. and there's a melody which uh, associates associates itself with that idea do you know like there's only really one way to sing those words do you mm. know and it, it kind of feels most natural to sing those words in that way and then that's you got the um, cornerstone of the song and everything else just kind of builds around that yeah. like a, like a jigsaw. So, um, I mean, it's not always the case. Sometimes it will be... Sometimes I, I will, I'll record just like a guitar groove or something like that or, or there will just be a kind of really basic um, a drum groove or something like that which will... Uh, make me think about songs with hymns as well. You can you can do it where you just have um, the kind of a traditional meter, yeah, uh, for from some other hymn, and then just you know, uh, use use those same number of um, uh, syllables and yeah. write write a different um, different words to it, and then think right. Well, how am I going to write a folk melody? To go with that, and I think when I'm writing the folk folk tunes as well, there's a kind of arbitrariness to um, melodies, and that there's just there's a few different ways it can go, and sometimes one way is no better than another way, um, or seemingly so, and you have to kind of spend a lot of time actually picking out right well which one actually sounds like a a really compelling expression. Yeah. Do you of test what it-, it on people, or do you just? Te- you know live with it for a while and- yeah I, th- I, I do i do test it um on people definitely my wife a uh, often is um the first person who will get to get to hear my ideas and she's um a ruthless critic which <laughs> is um quite good um because she you know uh she she's quite good um and that you know, if I if I test it when she's just home from work, she won't like anything. Right, okay. So, <laughs> so yeah, get get it if I get her in the right mood, you know, she'll she'll be objective. But um she's she's very hard to please. She's not into, you know, contemporary Christian music. She doesn't listen to worship music. She's uh she's into her um you know, she likes um the Smiths and the Charlatans right. and and uh Mozart and uh, Bach and you know whoever you know she's got a, vi- a very eclectic taste in music, but um, her she judges things you know objectively not on the kind of I think you can have a kind of Christian the the cross rhythms way of um, uh, measuring the quality of Christian music and then the the standard way of just objectively evaluating the quality of other music and she's very much or she's she's Rolling Stone rather than cross rhythms, right. if you see what I mean. Yeah, yeah. So if if it's rubbish, then she'll tell me it's rubbish. She, so she sets good. it
0: alongside the entire pantheon of music from the exactly. ages past and evaluates yes. it on that level rather right? yeah. than how what is it like compared to the recent Delirious album or well, whatever it that, might that's,
1: be. That's basically it. And um I think I think to a degree you've got to be prepared to do that because that's the that's what's accessible to people yeah. through Spotify now. Do you know? I mean, you can go and listen to exactly anything that you want to. So it doesn't, I mean, to a degree you've, you've you know, that, that that's not hard and fast, but I think as long as you're um, aware that you're not going to get worldwide success unless you're bringing something which has not been done worldwide before. Mm. Do you know? And I think, um, Keeping that perspective is useful when you're writing new tunes because otherwise it's just like oh here's just we're just churning out some more stuff. Yeah, so you Do don't you know?
0: want to actually you don't just want to be a pas-
1: uh, pastiche of Town and Getty. No. Yeah. No. I mean, t- Town and Getty, right? They've they've got some like see some of their melodies. They're just absolutely brilliant. Um, Oh, is it o oh, to see the so simple with that you know it's just yeah. a scale. but so many times when i've been when i've been writing things like uh i'll i'll just have i've put together a couple of notes and i'll be like oh no no that's the power of the cross <laughs> or oh no that's see what a morning <laughs> yeah. or oh no yeah that that's christ in christ alone do you know yeah. so f- folk melodies you know they end up having a lot of the same kind of Sequences, you know, yeah. if you're work, if you're working from a pentatonic scale as well, um, you know what's so, yeah, can you know, you hear you've got that? five yeah. notes to work yeah, with, yeah. yeah, and um, yeah, so it can be uh, um challenging to come up with something new within that, and sometimes, ugh, yeah, sim- simple is better, I suppose, but uh, again, that's where the kind of Kaylee um, background comes in because you've just we are we are using a lot. We don't write our own tunes in the Cayley band, so yeah. we're just using some of the best fiddle tunes from you know modern folk artists and, and the traditional tunes that have lasted a couple of hundred years. And yeah, um, another thing that I has actually you know been really helpful to me is I've I've been DJing as well. Cause, okay. So we we play in a Cayley band, and then I'm the, the cheesy DJ. Uh, who plays the the tunes afterwards, you know. So I've got the, the playlist with Dolly Parton's 95 and YMCA and, you know... I tell you, uh, Radio 1 Bla-
0: definitely isn't aimed at you, Greg. No, no, I'm telling <laughs>
1: Right, OK, Black Eyed Peas and, you know, Lady Gaga or whoever. Uh, Sorry, so we're still talking Radio 2, aren't we? Yeah, not not I are, can't, even, can't even think contemporary there. now, right? But, you know, all these kind of classic tunes that uh, are written so carefully recorded so perfectly as well and just, um, you know, they're they're well-crafted pieces of art which are designed, you know, to get people moving, to get them up on the dance floor. What a difficult thing to do. I have just been sitting there listening to these songs again yeah. and again and again and analysing them um, because... Like I'm not one of these kind of one earphone off DJs that's that's actively involved in it. You know, I'm I'm a kind of press play um, DJ and think about you know what's the next song I'm going to stick on after this and I'll just crossfade it kind of thing. It's Mm. so all I'm doing is sitting thinking about these songs. But um, I I found that has been really helpful as well uh, to because you're I think the process of songwriting isn't just about um, finding something that fits it's about deciding why you're going to use that line and that melody rather than any other line and any other melody why you're going to take it in this direction why you're going to say that instead of that you know what? because you can have so many different ideas and you can th- throw so many things into it but it's determining right this would be so much better if I just focus on that specific thing and everything else I leave out, you know, and see from a production point of view as well, listening to these kind of songs. What I find interesting is if you do a Google search for like a famous song, right? We said 95 by Dolly Parton, mm. for example, or um, Jolene is a good example because that's brilliant production, and you know, the song Jolene. Without doing people do- used do- to do- sing do- it to do- me. Do- unfortunately, do- oh right, okay, of course, yeah. <laughs> I know it all too well. Right, right, okay, well, but what what a great you know timeless you know country classic song. Yeah, and but you you type it into Spotify and then you see all these kind of uh, imitation you know or karaoke versions in the style of Dolly Parton, and you listen to them and you think, right, here's somebody else just doing it like her, but if that had been the song that Dolly Parton had recorded that would have faded into obscurity mm. because it doesn't have that same kind of production value it isn't it isn't that kind of transcendent uh, you know perfect version of the song which she actually recorded so that um is what really challenged me um production wise you know whenever i'm thinking about producing a track i'm thinking right i want to make the archetypal version of this song so that if anybody covers it it will sound like a cover rather than they're doing you know the best version and of course you know that's you're not always going to be able to do that but if that's what you're aiming at I think mm. it's a good good target you know Well
0: let's um w- well let's stick on a bit of music actually let's I'm going to put on a clip of the of the title track we should all be changed sure. and then we can we can chat a bit more
2: Troubles fly away in the twinkling of an eye, in the twinkling of an eye You will hear the trumpets and your body shall be changed And you'll feel what it means to be alive And your deaf old ears will hear him for the first time And it's like the sweetest voice you ever knew And the holes in his hands In his hands Will be all you need to know Of Jesus' perfect love for you And we shall all be changed In the twinkling of an eye In the twinkling of an eye We will be changed Yes, we shall all be changed In the twinkling of an eye Like the lightning in the sky We will be changed I have heard gospel of the Savior's love for me And it cannot be denied No, it cannot be denied Jesus gave his life so helpless sinners could be free Then he rose from the grave and he's alive Though this frail old flesh is not ready to receive it Yet we know and we believe we're going home And his blood
0: Now, when I listen to that, there there are several things that stand out to me, particularly Mm -hmm. as a kind of uh, analysing the production, but also analysing the songs, is what we do a lot of with with our podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I thought I might just kind of pick through one or two of them. So a number of times on the album, certainly on that one, there's a kind of, there's quite a cool riff to go with it. So when you hear the word new Scottish hymns, you're not quite sure what you're going to expect. And then Mm -hmm. you hear it and you think, well, that's, I don't know if that's what I expected, because mm-hmm. there is a kind of, there's a riff, there's a feel, there's a groove, but then I suppose actually that's that's pretty true in some ways to Scottish folk music. It's it, it's full of riffs, isn't it? In, mm-hmm. in that sense, it's full of little little repeated melodies, little phrases and, and mm-hmm. things
1: that they give the identity to it, don't they? Yes. Well, I mean, yeah, the Scot- Scottish folk music, I mean, your melody is, is, is what that's all about and, and it's how you adorn that. Um, and what you do underneath that that gives it a little bit of body and that's the kind of production values that you you give to it. but I mean we are very much um the the point of it is that we're new hymns as well so mm. we're kind of um trying to bridge the the two um extremes so understanding the principles um that motivated the hymn writers in the past, but also understanding the um how it translates into contemporary. Culture, so um, on the album you'll find, um, you know, things that sound more like hymns and things that sound more like contemporary uh, worship songs. And um, I think riffs. R- <laughs> you need you need a riff for. I mean, it's just a it's a, a production technique. I think riffs are something very important. I think it's something that's missing in a lot of worship music, or it's it's not really given the kind of. A prominence perhaps that it deserves and maybe that's just because people are writing for singing in church and a riff is maybe a bit too distracting in that mm. context but I think when it's a recording, um, riffs are uh, the things that that kind of, that, that's the face of the song you know, that's, that's the way it's instantly identified and stuff and when you get a good compelling riff, it just makes you want to come back and back to a song.
0: Yeah. You've also, you're, the, the kind of range of rhythms that you use in the melodies, I found quite interesting because there are one or two tracks on there, which are quite kind of steady, just move in a very in a very kind of steady movement. Mm-hmm. But also there are others where it's quite syncopated or mm-hmm. the, the melodies are quite pushed against the beat. You know, like the opening track has got this kind of two over three push throughout it. Yeah. Um, and I think – I wonder whether, you know, sometimes we, when we talk about um, songwriting, we, we try to get people to simplify their rhythms, saying, mm-hmm. you know, throwing in so many syncopations of things is it, throwing people off. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I see in your kind of and, – and we refer to the old hymns and say, look how solid, how steady they are. But mm-hmm. in these new hymns, you kind of, like you say, bringing together kind of some of that quality of the and, – and style of the old, but
1: actually um, – I mean, do do you – do you just go for as a hymn? Just do 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 do. You know all downbeats, or I mean, that that's the thing with our our band. Like Gus is an example, Gus is a bass player, and he he is just completely phenomenal player he's he, on a completely different level i think from the rest of us that's fair to say mm-hmm. isn't it ellen um he is a, a jazz player he plays in a band called fat suit yeah. uh, who are a kind of 15 or 16 piece a uh, jazz uh, fusion kind of um band and you know they've got all the kind of polyrhythmic thing going on um if you, if you google Gus at band as well, they were playing in Radio 3's jazz thing last week um, and uh, do you know it's it's really kind of complex um, stuff that he's bringing into it, but it's it's funk and it's fusion and uh, you know, I mean, I've got a background in electronica as well, so I, I did a lot of remixing um, you know, when I'd left when I left uni and um, I mean, I, I love dance. One of my favourite uh, styles is, um, well, you know, just, just, you know, like Skrillex and stuff like that, you know, um, what do you call it? Why can I not remember? The song? No, what what uh, style is Skrillex? He's, um, well, EDM, but no, um, dubstep and dubstep. stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, dubstep. And I just, I, I play the drums as well, so I think maybe that's what's, that's the the rhythmic influence yeah. as well, but I I don't think there's any reason why you can't have complex rhythms underneath, so long as they are not distracting from you know the main melody. I think the the whole point of a lot of uh, contemporary folk bands as well are doing that. Um, what's the song that comes to mind? Is is it Awkward Annie? Ellen is that the song by Kate Rusby? Kate Rusby. Yeah. Kate Rusby's got this song, Awkward Annie. And it's just a kind of, it's like a children's nursery rhyme. Mm. But is it Chris?
0: Feel, I'm beginning to feel see like, the dynamic in New Scottish Homes. Yeah. When
1: Ellen is in the room. Oh, I know, I know. <laughs> Regretly. Well, His well, ability to think. I know, scene. that's right. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> right, well, if you listen to Kate, Kate Rusby, um, that, uh, that song Awkward Annie, there's this, it's a folk song, really simple folk song, but there's this really complicated guitar groove that goes on underneath it which brings it all to life and that folk folk bands are doing that nowadays so it's about drawing in all these kind of influences yeah
0: you also use repetition quite a lot in (laughs) in the songs i think that's a really important (laughs) powerful tool in songwriting christian songwriting worship songwriting Mm -hmm. You 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 sing a line and then you just repeat it that happens a few times, and it's a key thought, or it's a it's a key idea. And again, that's not something you necessarily see in older hymns. Mm-hmm. That kind of di- immediate repetition in the middle of no. the verse, or something.
1: No, well, yes, it, certainly. And and wake up my soul. That that is the kind of the key feature of that um, song is that the third line is repeated. So uh, wake up my soul and bless your God, turn every sense to praise and sweetly speak his holy name and sweetly speak his holy name and sweetly speak his holy name who blesses all your ways. So taking taking the time to focus on that line and just, um, you know, sometimes if you're repeating a line, you don't have to be thinking about that line, but you've got a chance to think about the next line yeah. or the line before it. Um, so I think that's what's useful about that. And hymns as well, older hymns, Often had a refrain, um, so they they did have a chorus uh, of sorts, you know, and something to, to to bring you back a kind of anchor point that that you could identify and you could sing along with, and that would um, help you to relax because you know that bit. Yeah. Kind of thing, and uh, I think that's that's the value of of repeated um, words and stuff. Interestingly, just when you're talking about that. Um, one thing that I find that when I'm writing a song, I'm always thinking about well, what is it that makes this song unique? You know, because I could have I could have just written um, uh, Psalm 103 as "We cut my soul and bless your God, turn every sense to praise and sweetly speak His holy name, who blesses all Your ways." You know, and that's there's a nice kind of rhythm, but um, you know, there's nothing kind of unique about that. There's yeah. nothing kind of interesting musically about that. And it could just, you know, it's just another verse, you know, that you're throwing onto the pile of uh, verses. So I'm always, I'm always thinking about what is it about this song which makes it unique, which makes it interesting and which makes it different from anything else, you know. So if you're recording an album, sometimes that uniqueness comes from the production and sometimes the uniqueness comes from, you know, the lyrics themselves or the subject matter or just some kind of turn in the melody. Yeah. Um, so there's there's another song, which is called uh, Faithful to Forgive, on the album, and um, it has a kind of run-on line in the middle of it. So uh, the chorus goes, For he is faithful to forgive, uh, so let us humbly uh, lay our sins before his cross and crucify them all. Let us be chained to them no more. Um, so... It's hard to hard to say it without um, singing it, but his Let Us Lay Them All Before is the end of a line, mm. and then his cross is the start of the next line. So actually, um, lay, is it... Oh, it's not... It's elision, not el- liaison. That's a different <laughs> word. El- el- elision. Um, and uh, I think that's what it's called anyway, when it kind of runs on. But that can kind of... It's slightly distracting, but it's also kind of distracting in a good way that it makes you kind of sit up and take yeah. notice about what's actually being said rather than just singing it without thinking about it. it. Be, you want
0: it to be arresting, don't you, in mm. that sense? That it That's actually, a good word, yeah. It, kind of, it grabs hold of your attention,
1: Yeah, but it does yep. it
0: by actually showing you what it's trying to highlight.
1: Yes, yes. And I, th- I think that is, that is a real challenge when you're writing um, worship songs because... It's so easy just to use the language that fits, um, and and rhymes. Yeah. But but people sing it and they're not thinking about it at all. But the same, the that it uh, That's that's something that can happen with hymns or with contemporary so- worship songs as well. And I think it's the job of the worship leader to actually um, bring those things out and and point them out. Bob Coughlin does a great thing where um, he just stops a song mid midline and says actually did you hear that you know what heights of love what depths of peace let's just think about that for a wee minute and we're going to sing that that whole verse again you know when fears are stilled when striving cease you know how how often do you think about fears and strivings when you're singing those lines mm-hmm. because the melody it's just such a kind of you know that's that's the kind of closing yeah, off there's a oh, melody oh, there's a, alliteration
0: a it feels yeah yeah it's good
1: and and you're just you're just enjoying the the uh, art of it rather than the actual meaning of it so yeah. I think, yes, it's a good if there's ways that you can kind of pull those things out and not just make it about, you know making the, you never want the truth to serve the music, you always want the music to serve the truth, I think, so mm-hmm. that's our that's our job, I think
0: Yeah, so let's just finish by um, kind of, let's pin down the details of the album, um, just tell us, I mean, Who's singing on there? So there's definitely not your voice on the first track, I don't think.
1: Yeah, no, I'm singing harmonies in the first oh, okay, track. okay, yeah. Yeah, um, but quite quite low down. It's, it's <laughs> Ellen, Ellen Oliver is okay. um, singing. So when you hear uh, a female voice, it's Ellen, oh. um, or it's me singing falsetto, but usually, <laughs> usually Ellen. Um, and uh, I'm the male voice on there. And um, my wife, Sarah, um, she gets in at the end. She's... Oh, so, oh, and also there's May the God of Peace, and the whole the whole band are singing along in that. There's a kind of um, unison. Oh, there's a the male choir as well. That's right. We've got a song, Advent song, is get. Um, we get four guys in uh, to sound sound like um, seventy-one. We'd multi-track. It <laughs> it um, I know that
0: it's Ellen spooky. has been um, quietly following our, our twelve song challenge. Um, yeah. but but has yet to actually post something in our forum. So if you could pass on. A, uh, yes. a little
1: encouragement there, I know she can yep. him yep. now. Ellen, Ellen, Ellen can't hear you at the moment because I've still got the headphones on. But Joel is encouraging you to actually get some songs posted <laughs> in the twelve-song <laughs> challenge. <laughs> yeah, she, she has, she has high hopes, but you know, as you can tell from the way she turned up forty-five <laughs> minutes late today, she's quite disorganised. <laughs> well,
0: that's totally going to get me out of
1: this. And tell us okay.
0: where can people get hold
1: of the album? Um, you can order it on our website. Yeah, uh, dot Um, it's going to be in Amazon, and you can get it on iTunes and uh, CD. Baby, you're going to have it as well. So, yeah, I think there's But you can get it direct from us as well. Um, and what would you prefer, uh, yeah.
0: people, did? Oh, t-
1: yeah, don't bother me with it, honestly. Okay. No, no, no. no uh, get it direct from the website. Yes, we'll we'll send it out. Um, yeah. Sealed with a kiss. And, uh, and can they find really. you on Facebook as well? Yeah, well, f- uh, we're we're on Facebook. Uh, New Scottish Hymns yeah. is the Facebook. Well, what about if uh, they?
0: Handle. You know, they like the hymns and they want to sing them in church. Are you have you got music available?
1: Yep, we uh, have just actually got this. Yeah. Show you these. We got these printed yesterday. Ooh. Right. Yeah. So we've actually got um, physical um, copies of the sheet music for the new album. But there's also uh, charts and things like that online. Um, some of the stuff's free. I think we're going to uh, f- follow a similar model to you guys with the Resound Worship stuff, and um, you know, for the for the things that have cost us a wee bit more to to prepare the yeah. the charts, I think we'll charge for it in order to try and. Um, fun future projects, but um, yeah, no, you can get you can download a lot of stuff for free. Uh, all the stuff from the first album is on there at the moment, and we're always adding new things. So, uh, Facebook is the place to go um, to uh, hear all the latest. That's where we post everything. Um, but yeah, no, it would be it would be great if if people wanted to um, get on board there and support our ministry.
0: Yeah, well, we wish you every success, Greg. I've got one more question. It's the um, final question that we ask all of our interviewees. Yeah, and it is this: if, um, well, to give you a background, I listened to um, I listened to "We Shall All Be Changed," and I immediately thought, "I wish I'd written that." Because mm-hmm. I, I think it's a great song, but also it's got some quality about it. Where I, I realize I don't think I could have written it. It's, it's too different. Um, mm-hmm. But I really admire it. And I wish I had. If you could pick one song from um, you know Christian songwriters across the years, where you think Do you know what I wish I'd written that one. Which one would you pick?
1: Do you know uh, what's right? I'm going to ask Ellen here again. But yeah, okay. what, what is that? What is that song that we did when we were doing the gig at Freeland? Um, uh, at the end it was a worship song a uh, uh, a hymn uh, um, great, is thy
0: faithfulness?
1: great is thy faithfulness okay i love yeah. that i love great is thy faithfulness it just it's one of these ones that just um yeah makes me well up when i sing it um uh so yeah it would it would have been been great to have of uh, written that one because it's it's such a such a an awesome truth to be thinking about
0: yeah, brilliant. Well, thanks for that, and uh, it's been great to chat to you. Wish you every success with the album and your ongoing ministry.
1: Uh, and, and you know, thank you very much. And just hopefully, I'll be able to remember facts and details and stuff like <laughs> that when we actually get out there and start performing these stuff. And I and really appreciate it. You're, doing,
0: the... you're do, sort of doing some gigs as well, aren't you? To...
1: Ah, yeah, yeah, no, that's right. Let's let's get this in as well, yeah, Joe. Go on, go on, uh, go. So we've got the tour, and the tour is going to be well, Glasgow uh, tomorrow, Thursday night. 19th May, Inverness, 27th May, Dundee, 3rd of June, Aberdeenshire, 10th of June, we're going up to Ellen's Church in Aberdeenshire, Yeah. Um, in and Meldrum and Booty Parish Church, don't you know, up there with the <laughs> Uh, Are the Tuchters up there? Yeah, yeah they are. Aye, okay. Um, they, they're quite happy with that uh, descriptive term. Perth on the 11th of June, Edinburgh the 17th of June. Um, aye, so we're, we're doing this week a uh, Scottish tour um, to launch the album but I think we're, we're quite keen to um, get down south of the border as well so we'll maybe oh, yeah. try and hook something up down there. Brilliant, good it's been great to talk to you. Thanks very much Joel That was me
0: chatting with Greg DeBleek from New Scottish Hymns and we're just going to finish with our featured song which is the opening track from their new album, Wake Up My Soul